podcast broadcasting to Harry Potter fans around the world for more than 11 years join Terence Pinkston Bailey Riddle Luke Hogan Gretchen Rush and Alex Lohman as they take the wizarding world by storm this is Hogwarts Radio stay classy Hogwarts This is Hogwarts Radio, episode 261 for June 12th, 2020. Hogwarts Radio is the official podcast for Wizarding News from HPANA and brought to you by Drawbridge Media, discussing all things about the Wizarding world. Check out previous episodes of our podcast by visiting HogwartsRadio.com. Welcome to episode 261. I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. I'm Gretchen Rush. And I'm Sydney Mook. Hogwarts Radio can be found anywhere you get your podcasts online. It doesn't matter where you listen, just be sure to click subscribe and you'll have a new episode as soon as it's released. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to get in on the fun with other listeners and fans of the series. Finally, join the Unfoundables, an exclusive companion to our podcast. Get Unfound today at patreon.com slash unfoundables. Well, welcome to Hogwarts Radio, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And we're here today to use our voice. It's no secret that it's been a rough 2020, but more so a rough May and June, not only for us in our personal lives, but for the world as well. Normally, we leave politics out of the podcast primarily because we ourselves use the show as an escape from the real world. We do this show to inform, discuss, and debate various topics and points in the Harry Potter series. We rarely discuss current events or voice our opinions on real-world issues, but recent changes in the world have prompted us to no longer stay silent. We have an obligation to use our platform and help spread a message. In fact, we find ourselves in the unique position of wanting to discuss two current events. We had intended to use this episode to promote the Black Lives Matter movement and amplify Black voices. Unfortunately, J.K. Rowling has returned to Twitter with full force, and after a series of tweets and an essay on her website, we feel compelled to address her thoughts. We apologize for amplifying a white voice at this time and promise that we're only doing so because her statements have become too dangerous for any Potter fan to ignore. So this all started Saturday on June 6th. J.K. Rowling sent a series of tweets about trans people. We're not going to read the the tweets because we don't want um, to bring up uh, more of that same pain. So instead, we're going to summarize and and really uh, let you know exactly what had transpired. It started because she took offense to an article that referred to people who menstruate as people who menstruate. She had sent a snarky tweet about how those people used to be called women. We must point out that the article she was discussing was about menstruation and was recognizing that some trans men and non-binary people who obviously do not identify as women also menstruate. She went on to say that those calling her a TERF 
were just hating on women. She said that she respects trans people's rights, but claimed that they're not discriminated against. She claims that if trans people are real, then the idea of sex is not real and is erasing her experience. So obviously, there's a lot to unpack uh, with this statement. So Gretchen, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let's begin with the response from the fan community. What was the immediate reaction? Well, the reactions were really varied. And obviously, Twitter is very much, um, it can be antagonistic, and people will say whatever their opinion is. And people were saying them very loudly in response to her tweets. And I think the problem here, which is something we'll get to later in Ivana Lynch's response, is that Twitter is not a great forum for this. And Joe's opinions on this um, were kind of half-baked. They're kind of just thrown out there. They're not explained very well. And so a lot of people who are seeing this, keep in mind she has, what is it, 14 million followers, People who are seeing this are not gender scholars. We do not have PhDs in gender studies. We do not know the details of this. And so a lot of people were really just confused because they're seeing the outpouring of anger from people who understand the tweets, who are recognizing what she's saying and how transphobic it is and who are obviously rightfully upset about it. Those people are saying very strongly, this is not okay, we're not okay with this. But other people who are just confused by her statements are saying, I don't understand. Why is this wrong? Why is this bad? And so people in the last couple of days, I think, have had to do a lot of researching and understanding to try to recognize what in these statements makes them so bad. So it's been a lot of anger, a lot of uh, hatred toward her. There's been a lot of violence towards her, unfortunately, because people, people are angry And rightfully so, people deserve to be angry. And Twitter is sadly a space where people feel like they can be really angry. So there's been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of confusion. And there's been a lot of fear, I think, too. I'm seeing also a lot of people are afraid to say their response to this. Because they're thinking, well, if I see a little truth in one thing she said, does that make me bad? If I'm still going to watch Fantastic Beast movies, does that make me a bad person? If I support trans people, but I'm going to read the Ichabog, am I evil now? So it's been a lot of, I think, evaluation for people, a lot of trying to research and understand, a lot of confusion and a lot of fear. And her just spewing out four tweets, four transphobic tweets, and then leaving it there was really scary for a lot of people, I think. It left a lot of people confused and angry and upset and trying to turn to other voices for understanding. Sydney, is the anger that the fans are feeling uh, justified? Are we overreacting with this series of statements from J.K. Rowling? Um, No, I I don't think so at all. I think that, one, if there's anything that I learned from reading the Harry Potter books, it was to really, you know, try to grapple with big topics like this. And this is a hard discussion for a lot of people to be having. But I don't find the anger to be unjustified at all. I I, I think that, like Gretchen had mentioned, Twitter is not the greatest universe for this discussion. Um, It's short tweets and you're you're replying, people going back and forth. It's not a great venue for this. But it's the venue that we have. 
um, to reach her directly. And it's been frustrating seeing her, um, maybe not fully, maybe she just doesn't fully understand why what she's saying is transphobic and hurtful to people. I I, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not her, obviously. We're not not inside J.K. Rowling's head. Um, But I don't find the anger to be unjust. I, I think it's right. And I think that it's also people trying to get other people to understand why they're hurt and that's important and bailey fans that have lashed out or that are watching this lashing out and and to be honest with you i was one of them at the very beginning that i was just sitting back i was observing why these people were very very angry i didn't fully understand it and do you feel like a lot of the people are still really confused about this subject and how can they i guess gain more of an understanding i mean the best way to to gain understanding in any of these situations is to just have a conversation with it and really to try and understand both sides of of the argument i mean you can't tell a trans person that jk rowling's comments aren't hurtful because even if they're not specifically directed at them it's it's not to say that it doesn't still hurt them just like it should hurt us all as a community that anyone believes these things, let alone that, you know, someone who we've all looked up to for so long has now coming out and and speaking out against a a large part of the Harry Potter community. I want to ask, do we, we know obviously JK Rowling is a very smart person and she has to know the effect that this is having on her fans, uh, you know, that, that this is hurting people. Um, and it's hurting people to kind of go through um, and and watch what she is saying. Does she not see the error of her ways? Is she ignorant? Is she uneducated? I mean, after reading her statement today, I I really don't think so. But I don't know. I'm at a loss. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's a lot of times that public figures don't think through what they're saying before they say it. You know. Had she never come out and said something like this, her fan base, I don't think would have ever, I mean, maybe they would have found out about it, but if they didn't have this, this proof and this evidence, people wouldn't be as enraged as they are. But the fact that she so blatantly came out and stated it and has backed it up now more than once with trying to justify it, I, I think that's what's really getting to people. It's not just an offhand, maybe it didn't come out the way it was meant to sort of comment. This is, it's not the first time. And I think that's what's so sad too, is that she really is backing up her comments here. She genuinely believes that she's on the right side of this argument. She will stand by these comments and she will argue and argue and she will lose fans and she will say, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right side of history here. And that I think is depressing for fans too, because this is the person who created the series that told us stand up for what you believe in, fight back against evil, fight back against what you think is wrong. And so we're trying to do that. And she's saying, no, I'm right. I'm not going to listen. I've done all the reading. She says in her statement, I've done all the reading, which Joe, that's impossible. You can't do all the reading. But anyway, and I think that's what's so devastating is that she is willing to stand on this hill and fight to the death for this misinformation and this mis 
just huge misunderstanding and it it's hurting people it hurts people and and she doesn't seem to be willing to accept that why doesn't she just say you know i'm sorry i was wrong i retract what i said and i honestly don't think she's done that because she truly believes what she says you know and and to your point gretchen and to her statement which we'll get to in in just a few minutes you know she's done the research you know she's looked at it from a professional level as well as a personal level so she feels like she has this all-encompassing understanding but she's really alienated her audience that you know identifies as trans so i just you, you know you, there has to be a point where she she has to step back and take a look at the bigger picture about not only yes i'm looking at it from professional level and a personal level but how it's affecting the world around her how it's affecting like her the people that she's influenced and that have really, you know, learned so much from her stories that she's taught and the lessons and the life lessons. Let's talk about why her tweets were so problematic because not only, you know, did she tweet a couple of days ago about this, uh, but she had made some waves back in, I believe it was December, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't have, we're not going to read that tweet. I don't have it up anyway. Um, but that really triggered the trans community as well. Um, but I really want to talk about why what she said was transphobic. And what I've found here too is that I, you know, I'm educating myself on this as well. I don't know that much about this. You know, I'm a cis white woman and I am trying to understand this as well. Um, so for me, it was more about reading other people's um, thoughts who were better educated. So one piece I want to point out in particular, which some people may have already seen, it's called Why What J.K. Rowling Said is Transphobic, which is perfect title because that's exactly what we're trying to nail. Um, it's by Katie Montgomery, who's a trans woman, and it's published on medium.com. And she basically outlines the whole the whole, she explains all the tweets as to why they're transphobic because JK Rowling's tweet is saying, if sex isn't real, then this, this is meaningless. Then this is what is the case. And so Katie in her article says sex is real. And she kind of breaks down. No one's saying sex isn't real. No one has said that. People are saying, let me find the exact thing that she said. People are saying, quote, sex is more complicated than what they taught you at school. We have to be able to talk about it and we need the words to do it. Any attempt to define woman in a way that excludes trans and intersex women is not only futile, it's inherently malicious. It doesn't come from a place of following the evidence and understanding the science, nor from a place of wanting to end sexism. It is an attempt ad hoc justification for the premise trans women are men. Trans women being women is a conclusion of the evidence, not a premise. Please don't fall for it. Insisting that we treat sex as an unchangeable binary based on some invisible characteristic removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. So the problem here, like Katie's saying, is not that sex isn't real. The problem is that people like J.K. Rowling want to make it a binary and they want to confine it and constrict it to, to this unchangeable binary. And that excludes people that's excluding intersex women and trans women. And that's what the problem is. 
because it's not making room for other people. And that's why her tweets are transphobic. So thank you, Katie, so much for that excellent article, because it really helps to get the point of view of someone who A, knows more about this than I do, and B, is trans and has that experience. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, right. Sex just really isn't a, a black and white thing now. I mean, it's it's there is a gray area with it. There there are people that identify uh, differently, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, people are free to identify as as they wish. It's not there. Just really shouldn't be any pushback against that, and that's what pisses me off the most. Is people say, "No, you're either this or you're this." No, that's that's not the case at all. This is the 21st century and people should be allowed to feel however they feel about themselves and be whatever it is that they truly feel that they are. And someone who is trans saying, I am a trans woman, how is that taking away from J.K. Rowling's experience as a woman? It, it's not taking anything away from you. We're just making spaces bigger. Spaces historically have been so small. They have been white. They have been male. They have been binary. They've been this and that. All we're doing is trying to make a more loving and accepting world, which is what we learned from the Harry Potter books. So no one is trying to take away from the billionaire author who has movies and books and more money than she can count. No one's trying to take away anything from you. We're just trying to make space for people who have been marginalized. And that's what makes me so angry because we can't take away your experience as a woman. No right. one's taking away my experience as a woman. They're trying to make more space for people who have not been invited to the table. And that's all fandoms have ever tried to do is make more space for people. It's such a good point because, you know, what someone else's life experiences are have no impact on what I've gone through in my life. I mean, yes, they, they might ha have shared in, in creating those experiences, but it doesn't change the way that I perceive my existence to be. And I shouldn't force that on anyone else. I, I shouldn't say, well, no, boy, what you think is wrong. It's like, it's, it's one of those things like, it's not hurting anybody. It's not, it's not hurting you. You aren't being affected by this at all. Like, I mean, like nothing, nobody's taken anything away from you. Like why the hell even bring it up? That's the, that's the thing that pisses me off. Well, that's actually it's not being flaunted in your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great segue, Terrence, because she then published her 4,000 word article in which she details why she thinks things are being taken away from her, what she feels the dangers of this are. So um, I can summarize that for us now. So she published those tweets on the 6th. She kind of ruminated around the backlash for four days. And then she wrote a 4,000 word blog, um, which you can read. It's up on her website now. And I'll just kind of give you a quick rundown of it. In it, she explains exactly why she thinks she's right and what she thinks um, is, is what she she's standing behind. So she references some research and some scientists, but she doesn't include any actual references. Um, and like I said before, she says, quote, I've read all the arguments. Um, sorry if this is not as unbiased as you were hoping, but it, it's kind of difficult. I do include some quotes, don't worry. She brushes aside accusations that her tweets are killing trans people and compares it to someone composting a Potter book. She says she receives support after her tweets from people who are, quote, worried about the dangers to young people, gay people, and about the erosion of women's and girls' rights, end quote. 
She outlines five reasons why she doesn't like the, quote, new trans activism, which, by the way, is not accurate. There is no, quote, new activism. Here are five points. One, she claims her MS charity will be impacted if the definition of sex is changed. Two, she cares about children. Three, she's interested in freedom of speech. Four, she's worried that too many young people are transitioning. Five was um, a little bit unclear. The other ones were were bulleted kind of, um, but five is more of a whole section of her statement. Um, But to summarize that statement, She says, quote, I want trans women to be safe. At the same time, I do not want to make natal girls and women less safe. When you throw open the doors of bathrooms and changing rooms to any man who believes or feels he's a woman, and as I've said, gender confirmation certificates may now be granted without any need for surgery or hormones, then you open the door to any and all men who wish to come inside. Um, And I'd like to point out there that she says natal and biological in her article, instead of just saying cis, which is the accepted way of referring to non-trans people, um, people who have the same gender identity as what they were assigned at birth. So I am a cis woman. She refuses to use that term, which uh, is transphobic, not using it. Um, And her fifth point kind of basically says that old tired argument that if we let trans women in the bathroom, men will take advantage of it. Which obviously, you know, that's the one I feel like we've been talking about. Not true. That's never been true. That that's never been the case. If men want to hurt women, they're going to hurt women, and they're not going to go to the trouble of getting a gender confirmation certificate to get into a bathroom, right, Terrence? Oh my God! Yeah. (laughs) Like okay, hang on. Oh, I I I can't go into the ladies' bathroom because I don't have my certificate. So right. no, no, that's that's bullshit. That's <laughs> that's just such a, any if sense. a man genuinely wants to go into a woman's restroom to harass them, he's going to do it regardless yeah. of whether he's he's claiming whatever it is. Exactly, that he may exactly. Not be claiming. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And there was um, I read a whole series of tweets that I also would like to link in the show notes because, she, like I said, she didn't really include any references. So someone went through and kind of fact checked everything and. And it's an excellent, very detailed tweet thread. And he points out that basically at this part, she's saying, she says, I want trans women to be safe, but at the same time, I do not want other women to be less safe. So she's basically saying, sorry, trans women, we need to keep you out because I find cis women more important. She's positioning cis women throughout the whole thing. So, I mean, you can read it yourself. Please read it. I read it. I've read it at least twice, and I've skimmed over it a few more times because it's important to recognize her viewpoint. A lot of people on Twitter are saying, why are you attacking her for an opinion? A lot of, everyone's getting so worked up over an opinion. Civil rights are not opinions. And we've been having this argument, quote unquote argument, for especially the last few weeks. Civil rights are not opinions. You cannot have an opinion on the rights of trans women. You have facts. And the fact is that trans women are women, and we'll get into all of the responses by all the other Potter actors who agreed with trans people and trans allies. But you just can't ignore hate like this. You can't ignore vitriol like this. You can't let it sit. You have to respond to this. And if she's going to write 4,000 words about it, we, we're going to do a 60-minute podcast on it. We're going to respond to it because you have to say something when someone with this big a platform who has such a big influence just is saying lies and positioning them as facts. I also yeah, think- 
people in power. Go ahead, Sydney. I also think that this is an incredible learning opportunity for so many people to learn about why what she's saying is transphobic and to go through and do the research and understand and talk to people and, and just learn. Um, I think taking time to, to learn about other people's experiences is so important. And so maybe if you hold some sort of view that you didn't realize was transphobic or problematic in some other way, that you sit, take the time to do a little bit of research, listen to other people talk about this topic or you know a number of other topics, and maybe you learn something and you're like, oh, okay, well, I see this point and I understand why, oh, that, that sounds right. You know, that's, it's, it's okay to be wrong when you understand that you're wrong and then make a change. And through all of this, what I really hope ends up happening for her, but what I'm terrified is not going to happen is that I, I want her to learn and I want her to grow and I want her to understand why what she's saying is wrong and hurtful. But I, I'm, I'm starting to struggle with whether or not I think that's possible after the, the statement from today. But she can be wrong and then she can say later that she was wrong. That's okay. But she's done so much hurt that I, I, I don't know how much people are going to want to listen. But I would love to see her have actual growth. We'll see. we'll see. And I thought, I thought that's what this whole essay was going to be about, you know, saying, Hey, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I may have overstepped. I'm sorry. And, 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 you know, I realized that my comments are hurtful, yada, yada, all, all that stuff. But this was a prime opportunity for her to do that. And she didn't. Instead, she doubled down and, and she just, she really didn't provide any comfort to the way that she had those, com- that those comments made other people people feel um i just i I didn't feel better after reading this i thought for a very good author that she is i thought her five points were very very weak points that didn't make much sense what she was worried about you know younger people transitioning and then detransitioning as she had stated in uh in the essay doesn't happen very often which you'll find in that tweet thread he he debunks that it doesn't it does happen um, but it doesn't happen very often. I, I'm just really like concerned about what sources she's reading, what sources she's you know consuming for the um, you know for for her material. Yeah, you know, a lot of this, it reminds me of like that one uncle every family has, where <laughs> they get all their news from Facebook, and yeah. It, yeah. everything is true, and there's just a lot of fake news and. You know, maybe that's what Joe is consuming and that's what has has shifted her perspective and kind of framed it for her and why she thinks what she thinks is correct. Um, but, you know, until we have these conversations and we try to learn and understand all of the sides that there are, people will never learn. And so maybe Joe has just never had anyone in her life that has said, well, no, here's why what you're saying is wrong and why you are basically devaluing the lives of trans people and saying that they're not valid. Yeah, that, that, and that's really the next point that I want to get to here is how is this hurting trans people? It, I mean, like, where do you start? I feel like I've already kind of <laughs> said a bit about just how harmful it is. I, um, but, y- you know, the, the interesting thing about it is 
She's so full of contradictions. Like I read earlier where she said, I want trans people to stay safe, but I care more about cis people in in different words, obviously. Um, She's positioning herself at the center of a lot of this argument. She talks a lot about how she's being called a turf, she's being attacked, but she's done all this reading, she's done all this research. So she really, really is is, um, centering herself in this argument, which is not helpful. She's she's not a trans person. She doesn't really have a place in this argument. And she's spreading misinformation and the worst to spread this misinformation. And I will say, if anything good has come out of this, it's that I think people are doing what Joe isn't doing and they're taking this in and they're using it as a chance to better themselves. Like Noma Dumezweni, who played Hermione in Cursed Child, she initially tweeted in support of Joe's statement because she looked at it and said, oh, she's she's backing up her claims. You know, she's kind of explaining herself. I appreciate that. And then when people replied and said, no, you don't understand. She's doubling down. She, this is still hateful. This is still transphobic. She deleted her tweet. She tweeted again and said, oh, I've deleted my tweet. I'm going to look more into this. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read a few more pieces. Thank you so much for letting me know. I'm going to keep doing the research. And I've seen fans say that. They say, I don't understand what's bad about calling women, women. And people having to explain the problem isn't calling women women. The problem is excluding people from that label of women. And so I've seen people doing this work and learning and understanding. So if anything good has come out of this, I think it's that people are trying to grapple with this topic. Um, but unfortunately, Joe's got the biggest platform to grapple with it, and she's on the wrong side of it. So there have been some responses from actors of the franchise, all the way from uh, Dan Radcliffe, Daddy Redmayne. We're going to go ahead and read a couple couple of them right now. Um, Dan, of course, does a lot of work with the Trevor Project. And um, he put out a very long statement. Well, I'm sorry, not very long, but he put out a statement um, on the Trevor Project's website. And you can check that out at thetrevorproject.org. But in it, he really says, uh, trans wonder, uh, I'm sorry, transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this subject matter than either Joe or I. According to the Trevor Project, 78% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being the subject of discrimination due to their gender identity. It's clear that we need to do more to support transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities, and not cause further harm. Um, so very, um, very good statement by Dan um, about, uh, about the issue. And I'm glad that he really came out with something. I mean, it was almost a, a given that he had to um, with his work with the Trevor Project. I, I just, you know, I, I'm glad that he spoke up and he wasn't afraid to speak up um, in that statement. He spoke up first, which I really loved. It came out so quickly. And he kind of ends the statement by saying, if you love the books, then keep loving them. If they taught you anything about yourself or about the world, quote, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, that is between you and the book that you read, and it is sacred. And I love that. He very much is in support of these books are ours. This community is ours. This fandom is ours. And Joe is not going to take that away or exclude anyone 
let us exclude anyone from that. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Melissa Nelly had a very funny tweet uh, about this. She goes, you know what? This is the moment that Harry Potter returns to Hogwarts whenever they're in the Battle of Hogwarts and he comes through the portrait hole. And that was just, that was so awesome. And I don't know. I just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the fandom is on fire and everything like that. And here comes Dan to save the day. So uh, that was that was pretty funny. Like Gretchen just said, I appreciate that Dan was the first one to come out to and say something. Dan has a huge voice in the fandom. And even though in some ways he's kind of distanced himself from, from Harry Potter um, throughout the years, um, he's still very, very, very important to this fandom. And the fact that he was the first person to really come out and, and support the trans community, I think, was huge. And that's what it was. It really was just support of trans people. It was not an attack on Joe. It was nothing about himself. It was very much, this needs to be said, and I'm going to say it. We are here for you. And I really appreciate that about it. I think Dan's statement really, it touches on a lot of what most people are feeling. And, that, you know, he's not perfect and he still has a lot to learn. And that mm-hmm. we're all in this together to learn how to support the trans community and be better allies for them. Variety had an exclusive article uh, with Eddie Redmayne, who criticized uh, J.K. Rowling's tweets. In the article, Eddie says, respect for transgender people remains a cultural imperative. And over the years, I've been constantly trying to educate myself. This is an ongoing process. As someone who has worked with both J.K. Rowling and members of the trans community, I wanted to make it absolutely clear where I stand, he continued. I disagree with Joe's comments. Trans women are women. Trans men are men, and non-binary identities are valid. I would never want to speak on behalf of the community, but I do know that my dear transgender friends and colleagues are tired of this constant questioning of their identities, which all too often results in violence and abuse. They simply want to live their lives peacefully, and it's time to let them do so. Also a great statement. And Eddie played a trans woman in a movie, so it makes sense that he would feel compelled to back up the trans community. And I think that's valid, especially when we want to center more trans women playing trans women. So I appreciate that he gave this statement and stood up for the trans community. I also like that um, Eddie also kind of, you know, Dan obviously has, we, we watched Dan grow up. Um, Eddie, we've had for the past, what, four, four or five years since Fantastic Beasts started. And so the fact that you're also getting that side of the fandom or, and then that side of, of things, I, I think, is important as well. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Bonnie Wright uh, came out on Twitter and said, if Harry Potter was a source of love and belonging for you, that love is infinite and there to take without judgment or question. Trans women are women. I see and love you, Bonnie. Bonnie Wright coming out in support of trans women are women. Emma Watson also made a statement uh, on Twitter of all places. (laughs) Trans people are who they say they are and deserve to live their lives without being constantly questioned or told they aren't who they say they are. So very powerful statement as well from uh, Emma and then uh, Ivana Lynch came out with a statement just a few days ago, um, and it was, a, it was a long statement. Yeah, so Ivana's statement was interesting, and 
myself and some other fans, we were talking about it and we kind of struggled with it because it's kind of centered on Ivana and her experiences and she empathizes with trans people and her statement makes it clear that she does support them. But she also says, you know, Joe does good work and she, she defends her a little bit. And so there's been some struggle with this one because people are saying, you shouldn't tell trans people how to react to this. Um, You shouldn't be defending her. And it feels very much like Ivana kind of took to her phone and was like, I got to process this. Because remember for her, she was a fan first too. So I think for her to be a fan and then to be a part of the movies and to then have to kind of grapple with this herself, it felt like her statement was more of a personal trying to work through this. Um, So I think fans struggled with it a little bit, but I appreciate that obviously that she said something and she did respond to it. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to grapple with this. We're all trying to work through this and realign ourselves in this fandom and figure out where we we are going to fit into this community. So while I recognize that there are definitely issues with what Ivana said, um, but we, like we've been saying the whole time, we all have room to grow. We all have room to grow as allies and people, you know, people have been responding to her and saying, we'd like you to not uh, tell trans people how to feel. We, we, we don't want you to say how we're feeling. Um, so I'm hoping that Ivana's seeing those replies and she's internalizing that as well. Or at least if she's, if, if somebody's bringing it to her attention and kind of walking her through why people are feeling the way that they are. Um, I think that would be a big plus because that's something that, that the fan community doesn't need is to turn on you know, one of the most, one of the more notable voices in the the fan community. Um, let's talk about the aftermath of, of what's happened. Um, now, the majority of the fan community has turned its back on J.K. Rowling. Notable fandom leaders have unfollowed her on their personal accounts and um, the accounts that they represent. And they're now assessing how they will cover her going forward. Obviously, with uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And people are getting to the point where they aren't putting up with really anything anymore. Um, and it's understandable, you know, the, in, in the various situations um, that people are in. Um, and, you know, we get it. We totally get it. Um, in fact, we have made the decision... Uh, here at Hogwarts Radio to unfollow J.K. Rowling on our Twitter accounts. Um, we have made the decision, most of us, to not follow her on our personal accounts as well and making it very public that we are not doing that. And I think that's sending a very powerful message that, you know, Joe, you know, this isn't right what you did. And, you know, we, we've given you multiple times to kind of explain what you mean and see if you can maybe come to the other side of it and change and recognize, but you can't. So this is the action that we're taking as a fandom. Now, I don't know because I I can't see into the future, but I can't see whether I'm to the point um, that I'm going to stop going to the theme park, that I'm going to stop uh, buying Harry Potter products, that I'm going to stop, you know, seeing the Fantastic Beast movies. I, I can't because I'm still processing the information and how I feel. But I know that there are immediate things that we can do, such as unfollowing and making it known on social media that uh, we would no longer be covering her in certain capacities. Um, Warner Brothers just released a statement. So let me just see what this says. Okay. (laughs) 
because <laughs> it's, I mean, it's interesting. Warner Brothers and the Wizarding World um, accounts have been quiet. They have been silent since all of this has gone down. Um, and this went down as of the day that we are recording this about four days ago. So uh, it's been very interesting to have those accounts on silence. And I'm assuming that uh, Warner Brothers is assessing the situation to try to figure out exactly how to respond without you know, further escalation of the issue. All right, let's see what their official statement says. The events in the last several weeks have firmed our resolve as a company to confront difficult societal issues. Warner Brothers' position on inclusiveness is well-established and fostering a diverse and inclusive culture has never been more important to our company and to our audiences around the world. We deeply value the work of our storytellers who give so much of themselves and sharing their creations with us all. We recognize our responsibility to foster empathy and advocate understanding for all communities and all people, particularly those we work with and those we reach through our content. They they missed the mark, didn't they? That's, that's not a, it. That's a non-statement. That's that's how you that's, you put out a, a statement to say that you said something, but you didn't actually say something. Yeah, they didn't yeah. say anything. A, a bunch of frou frou <laughs> words that meant nothing. <laughs> They checked all the boxes of the words that they thought that they were supposed to say, and well, then they yeah. threw it. Warner Brothers, this is not something that they that you can drive on the middle of the road with. You, you absolutely cannot because it's, I mean, good Lord. I, 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 You know, I'm getting all these flashbacks now to the horrible decisions that Warner Brothers has made over the past year. And, and this is just kind of adding to that. And it's just like, oh my God, you know, what else could happen next? Like, this isn't going to be received well by fans at all. What's hilarious is the first line is, the events of the last several weeks have firmed our resolve as a company to confront difficult societal issues. But you did not confront it. Yeah, where's your confrontation? <laughs> <laughs> this is where baffling. are you saying we're not doing Fantastic Beasts because of Joe, or we're gonna get a different writer for the the rest of the series? You know, where's your confrontation in all of this? You can't just say you're confronting it and not do anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I I just feel like it was a very dry statement. They could have said more. They they really could. Of it's it's just it's unreal. Um, even if. Even if they're trying to decide what they're going to do down the line, don't don't give a statement yet. If you haven't decided what's happening, just sit on it until you you have something firm to say. This is what we're doing to make a change. Yeah, yeah. This sounds like they're just not going to do anything. Like they're going to say we're committed to confronting things and then not ever yeah. confront anything. We made a statement and that's good enough. Bye. That's cute. Not. <sighs> Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers. So as far as the future of covering JK Rowling on this program, Sydney had a great point in our Slack chat of how she has to cover controversial issues. Uh, I'm sorry, how she has to cover issues from controversial people in the mainstream media. And Sydney, what's that approach that you take? Because that is the approach that we are adopting for Hogwarts Radio. Yeah, so so these are, are, are tough issues to cover and I'm somebody that I'm a I'm a local reporter for my local newspaper and so these aren't aren't typically topics that I, I get to touch, you know, with my my day to day business. But one thing that's important when you're covering and talking about these types of issues is you, you need to lay out the facts. You need to, as we started off with at the beginning of the show and as Gretchen did throughout, of giving recaps of what's been said, reminding people of why 
this topic is important and then kind of going off from there you don't need to make it a, a, a huge deal uh, you know we're still where we're hogwarts radio we're hot, uh, harry potter and fantastic beasts and wizarding world you know podcast that's that's what we talk about um so there's going to be issues where we're going to be talking about tangentially jk rowling but uh, i think it's important that we lay out facts um and then you know move on from there remind people of what happened um and then yeah yeah it's a it's a very solid approach um that we'll be doing and, and we can't like you said i mean we we've kind of debated with this over the past couple of days um and have really let it simmer in our in our slack chat about how we're going to do this and i really think that this is the best approach because like you said sydney i mean we are the we are a wizarding world podcast um we are going to have to talk about jk rowling in the future now whether or not we support her in the future that is something that is the ball is in Joe's court with that um, and and how she can kind of, you know, retract maybe some of the comments that she said or or say, you know, I, I you know what, I, I get it now um, whenever she comes to that realization and that understanding. But that is, uh, that's how we're going to have to do it from now on. I'd love to share um, just one more statement before we close things out here. Um, so if any of you know Tamora Pierce, she's a very successful fantasy author. She's been around a lot longer than J.K. Rowling. Um, she's fantastic if you haven't read any of her books. And she tweeted several tweets. And so I'd love to just share what she wrote. She says, regarding J.K.R.'s statement, I do not think these things of you. I do not believe you are not who you are. I know you have fought a long, hard battle to become yourselves in the eyes of the world. In my eyes, you are heroic. Hashtag trans women are women. Hashtag trans men are men. There are plenty more like me who believe that you have fought and earned your place in humanity. What matters is that you feel you're in your right place, that you belong here, that those who love you and respect you know you're in your right place. All that matters is you won the battle to be recognized by yourself and the people who matter. Both my assistants are LGBTQ plus people. At Dual Wield Studio is also run by a diverse group of LGBTQ plus people. I love you and them for who they are, not in spite of it. I haven't always done my best for you. I was scared for a long time of messing things up. I have messed things up. I'll probably continue to mess things up. But for you, I will do my best and I will always reach for better. I think that kind of encapsulates everything we've been trying to say here. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, before we get out of here today, there are a couple of resources that we did want to bring to everybody's attention. Uh, first and foremost, the Trevor Project, as we had mentioned uh, previously on the show, is um, in something that Daniel Radcliffe has uh, been involved in for quite a few years. But the Trevor Project is an American nonprofit organization founded in 1988, focused on suicide prevention efforts among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender queer and questioning youth through a toll-free phone known phone number it operates the trevor uh, lifeline a confidential source that offers trained counselors um, and then there's also uh, glad that we wanted to mention g-l-a-a-d um, and glad tackles tough issues to shape the narrative this is according to their website and provoke dialogue that leads to cultural change glad protects all that have been accomplished and creates a world where everyone can live the life that they love. Um, and then the last one that I want to mention here is the CDC. Um, and you can view this at cdc.gov and uh, search under lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender health. Um, and there's a lot of uh, LGBT 
uh, you have the resources that uh, you can read about and for friends and supporters, just really anybody that wants more education on the topic, we invite you to go ahead and check that out. We'll provide full links in the show notes uh, about this. Trevor Project is, is in there um, as well. Um, but those are just some really good resources to kind of educate yourself a little bit more on the matter if you'd like to learn uh, more about the, the different kinds of things that are out there. Last but not least, the Harry Potter Alliance is doing um, some great work. They put something together really quick um, for this. And the HPA has been um, a phenomenal resource for and a go-to resource for the Harry Potter fan community about how they can uh, stay involved in or get involved in different movements and stuff like that. So please go ahead and go check them out. Um, and of course, the Protego Foundation um, with uh, Tyler, um, who also does some amazing work out there. Very fantastic resources that uh, everybody can read up on, get involved in, and we encourage everybody to do so. Okay, guys, well, that does wrap up this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, please send us an owl to staff at hogwartsradio.com or um, reply to us on any of our social outlets, and uh, we'll be sure to talk to you. Let's get, let's get a discussion started um, and, and keep the conversation going. We were really interested to hear what everybody thinks um, about uh, current events. Um, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Once again, I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. I'm Gretchen Rush. And I'm Sydney Mook. And we'll see you next time for episode 264. Bye-bye. That was bloody brilliant. Codswallop.